Welcome to Model Rail Radio. I'm Tom Barbelay, and this is being recorded live on Skype. Model Rail Radio is the internet's only live recorded radio show where the topic is the hobby of model railroading. Hello all, this is Robert Thomas, assisting Tom with edits for this show. What follows is Model Rail Radio, recorded live 30 July 2022. I'd like to welcome on a gentleman who... With regards to Model Rail Radio, legendary status, traveling the world, meeting Model Rail Radio people, Jim Gifford, always a pleasure to catch up with you. In terms of the Model Railroading hobby, I'm seeing a lot of spacky posts recently, meaning he's either got time on his hands or he's doing other things. So what's going on with uh, with your crew currently? It's been a bit of a funny time. Mm. We're, uh, with Don was doing the display layout for, mm-hmm. the, for the annual so he's been out this year, mm-hmm. and uh, Roslyn taking a year off, however, has turned up at Chris's for a run session mm-hmm. recently, so that was good. Very good. We've, uh, Wayne's got some issues, um, mm-hmm. we kept getting derailments in a, in a hidden area, so mm. he beat the bullet, and uh, he's rearranging the layout. Wow. <laughs> so for two months, there's no ops at Wayne's while he rearranges, mm. and uh, Tim and Des are doing that. Wonderful. Ross Pickard. It's uh, having a few op sessions. It's cool. I did haven't made the last couple, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They tell me that he was actually giving some tasks out instead Ooh. of just saying, yeah, run this or run that. So Very good. Very good. So some of the op stuff might be rubbing off. Yeah, who else? It's uh, Peter Saunders. We've been doing some modelling at his house. Wonderful. I'll probably, probably take my computer and try and do the next <laughs> session. Just keep working on it. Cause, Very good. Uh, I didn't do so well with version three. Mm. Um, some of my philosophy wasn't as good as I thought it was, Tom. And uh, mm. the session failed, so I'm now now on version four. <laughs> very good, very good. Now I want to ask you a question, Jim Gifford. Your ears yep. might have been burning. In a recent show, I was talking with someone about a noisy loud that I thought of your loud, not in a negative way, actually. But as a noisy layout, when operations are going on, there's always conversation. There's always things running backwards and forwards. If circuits blow, you always announce it very well. I mean, I think your layout is probably there are layouts that are way noisier than yours. But did you hear that particular episode? Did you reflect on that? Is that something that you um, think about in your layouts? Or? I can't recall. No, I've listened to all of them, but I mm-hmm. can't recall it. I'll have to go back and listen to it. <laughs> You remember what show number was? I, I can't recall. It was it was within the last three or four. But the point about okay. it was that someone was getting, a, I think, either a, a telephone system, an intercom system, or just they were going to talk out loud through the things. And oh, I yeah. said that this is an interesting thing in the hobby because I certainly find the ones with intercom systems, for example, Silicon Valley Lines, has an amazing yep. intercom system, as I'm sure you'd probably yes. imagine them would. And similarly, uh, there are a number well, in yeah, the Bay Area that do that, but it's not your particular layout style and i think it's actually a strength of your layout that people are always in conversation there's always some degree of banter there's always ah yes ah we have john samansky on john samansky do you have audio i'll I'll bring your audio up since you were actually the participant that was a representative of the quiet layout versus the noisy layout john the floor is well the question was um if i added a dispatcher would Mm. i have to add in a um have them in a different room and have a phone system mm. or a radio system. Mm. And my initial thought was to have him in the same room mm-hmm. because the room is not terribly large and mm-hmm. I try and keep the number of operators down. 
and the question was then, would it just add the, the uh, cacophony or not? Certainly. Uh, it, it, it will, uh, but there's a cacophony anyway. Exactly. That's discussion. the thing with Jim Giffords yeah. layout. It's exactly the same scenario that basically everyone there is happy to be there. They're all old friends. I use that term with great, uh, you know, positivity and candor. They're people that have known each other for at least a decade, if not more. Jim Gifford, what say you? I think he's right. I've actually got radios in the drawer. <laughs> when, I, when, I actually, when I actually use it. Very so, good. Yeah, the plan was to put someone in a separate room, but I guess the issue for me is I'm also the control panel operator for the main line. Certainly. Yeah, that's not the same in, in all layouts, because if you go to Wayne's, there's no dispatcher or layout thing. I just run to a, to a schedule Certainly. or a timetable. Yeah. So we, we actually use various across the lot. Certainly the amount of chit-chat time can be an issue at times because people don't listen. Oh, I'm, I'm responsible for that. I, I seem to recall my name being called out on multiple occasions, perhaps shorting things out yeah. or doing various other so, things. So, yeah, I'm so guilty. So we've reinstituted the crew room. Ah, interesting. Right, which is out in the branch line. Definitely. Where, where Definitely. Is. So the chairs are, are all turned away from the layout. So that hopefully they're talking in a separate group, cool. not interrupting the yard master who's got work to do. <laughs> And the rule now is if you've got four, more than five actual minutes before you act, before mm-hmm. your next task, go and sit in the crew room. Mm. That was one way of reducing the background chatter. Mm. Um, also, as, as you said earlier, we're all, we've known each other for a long time and a, a lot of people were in their late 60s and 70s. Mm. So people were saying, oh, I'd like to sit down for five minutes or ten minutes. Can you leave, leave the spots in the schedule, please? <laughs> Well, you also have to so, do the limbo as well. You've got to get under the layout in order to get out into that area. So uh, yeah, but you have remember, to be pretty remember flexible. It's, it's, remember, it's pretty high. It's True. Not like, well, it's not. It's not like Roscoe's or Roslyn's where you have to get on your hands and knees to get there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm disadvantaged slightly, although I'm now a, a you know a much thinner man. So. Um, interesting. Well, well interesting. Now, now you've got kids that then you're having to pick them up and move them around and all that. Believe sort of stuff. me, yeah, no, uh, no, uh, literally. You wait till they get to three, three years old, and you try and do the same. So interesting, yeah. interesting. Yes, parenthood aside. So I guess, I guess you're an advocate for not having headsets currently, and I think the social aspect of your crew, John Samansky, if you have audio, what what are your thoughts on this? Well, I guess that uh, we have some time before and after the sessions where mm. we talk a lot. Interesting. During the sessions, we interact uh, in, in sort of local areas mm-hmm. because the, the layouts that we operate that aren't mine are much larger rooms. Oh, yeah. And in some cases, the rooms are – parts of the rooms are sort of isolated from the others. And so the, the socializing happens a lot. And as mm-hmm. you exactly said, people have known each other for a long time. There's a lot of ribbing and – and carrying on, to be certainly, frank, certainly. Um, and that happens more on a one to one or one to one to two basis. Mm. Uh, I think that the social aspects of the hobby are absolutely essential, and I have a lot of thoughts about that that I'm not going to talk about just now. Uh, we could talk later. It's uh, it's just amazing uh, how you meet people over social media and how uh, your podcast and others have introduced me to other people. Certainly. And, and so the social aspects are just an essential part of the whole thing in my mind. And yeah. I'm actually getting to the point where I go to operating sessions. I don't care if I have <laughs> fewer jobs to do because Certainly. I can spend some time with my friends. Amen. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on in respect to this that, again, I'll talk about uh, whenever you wish. Um, but, yes, it's, a, it's an important part of the whole thing for sure. Very good. So, Jim, in terms of your update, I think you've covered all bases. Anything else you want to leave us with? I guess since I spoke to you last time, I managed to get a JMRI uh, little panel up. Wonderful. So that now all of, all of my staging tracks, I can switch them on and off off my laptop. Terrific. So that's, I was quite pleased with myself to do that. I remember a bit of QSI decoders are losing their stuff again. Uh. The, um, the earlier versions were a lot worse. And so mm-hmm. I kept the version 7s, which come in Proto 2000s. Interesting. Because they seem to be okay, but they're starting to lose it now. So I've had to go yeah. back and reprogram a load of those. Interesting. So it was yeah. a pain. Is it the power issue? I mean, you did you did debug it previously, and it was just that power was being lost, right? Yeah, I'm wondering whether I left them turned off for too long. You know, one thing we always used to do in BJ's layout because that wasn't used very much was to uh, was to power it up once a month just to make yeah, sure oh yeah, notice. yeah. So yeah. so maybe maybe I've got to make sure every track's turned on because I'm planning on the eight sessions to do a full use of everything. Yeah. Um, Maybe I've got to turn all the all the staging tracks on once mm. a month, make sure everything's seen some power. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I recall yeah, BJ's no. layout had to be switched on on a yeah on a monthly basis. That was part of well, our well, we, we discussion. Actually, we actually because he had thirty locos more than we could fit on the layout. Aye. We actually made a table with tracks on. Yep. We used to power up the table. <laughs> yeah. I think someone else told me about something like that recently. Yeah. Well, Jim, thank you very much for calling in. Please yeah. pass my regards to your crew. Pleasure catching up as always. Yes. Take care. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. like to well i was just chatting with him but i'd like to welcome on john sabatsky tell me about the social aspects of the hobby and this particular discussion that you wanted to have it's so interesting because as i was as we were talking here i just jotted down a few things that have happened over the last few weeks Mm. and that will happen in the next couple of weeks Mm. that are really interesting uh, from that aspect so for example there's a couple of retired guys here in town who Mm. are uh, auto railroaders who I can pretty much call up any time and say, hey, do you want to get together and have an operating session? And cool. just, or excuse me, a work session. Yeah. And they're just, they're on it. There's people who aren't retired, who are new model railroaders, cool. who are interested in coming over and working on things. So the really interesting example is that one fellow kept saying to me, I, I, why don't you just have something where we're together, the two of us, so we could work very carefully on something in, mm-hmm. in, in detail. And he has built... A large amount of scenery in a corner of my layout, mm. built some removable sections, Ooh. adds the plaster cloth and mm-hmm. then sculpt the mold and all those kinds of things. And he couldn't wait to get back here and keep working on it. <laughs> and so it's just – we're really good friends now. So that's, mm-hmm. that's an interesting example. Another is that I'm traveling out east. I live in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I'm traveling out east uh, for the next week and a half, and I contacted a couple people that I've met through podcasts. Oh, wonderful. And I'm going to be visiting Tom Jacobs' layout, Mm -hmm. uh, who's somebody who's uh, just held a session, a big uh, get-together for uh, for AML. Yep, certainly. AML. uh, I'm actually going to be in a work session with him, but I'll be Mm -hmm. visiting that. Um, I think I've talked to you in the past about how uh, we have a group that's putting together the Steam Protothrive. Oh, my goodness, Yeah. yeah. Mark Stafford in Australia mm-hmm. uh, had the vision for. Uh, there's two of us who are doing a bunch of programming on it, mm-hmm. and it turns out that I'm coming 
within 50 miles of the guy's, uh, the other guy's house. Cool. And I said, uh, hey, why don't I just come by and say hello? Uh, and, uh, I think that's very interesting. We have a number of younger fellows getting involved with model railroading that um, I've introduced to not only the subject or the hobby, but also to operations. Yeah. And then them who's a longtime model railroader has a son mm. who is crazy about it and uh he has been a nice place to give away some of uh actually some relatively new in some cases in the in the shrink wrap equipment mm. uh, that i no longer need all this is as a result of people getting to know each other and using the network yeah and he just can't wait to get to operating sessions we have to be a little bit careful with that because <laughs> he needs uh, a little bit more uh attention he's uh, eight if i remember correctly mm. so i just see it as something that is an a well that keeps giving mm. uh, to meet good people mm. uh, people who will help you yep and uh, and then of course when you have the actual operating session then things just sort of come alive both mm. with conversation and the railroad itself Certainly. comes alive so that's Definitely. that's where i was heading is that cool. it's really interesting how many contacts one can have and that they can become real friends from yeah. instant are you familiar with Jim Gifford's travel around the U.S. and England and Europe based on model rail radio? Yeah, like that. I mean, sure. yeah, no, that that has always blown my mind. And obviously, Jim Gifford's the right guy to do it because he's met a bunch of people who I like, Lionel Strang, for example, who I've never met. I long dearly to meet the gentleman, but um, never have actually met him. A number of people have met him. You know, I think the nature not only of podcasting and model rail riding. Just of these general things and the way people come up. I mean, I mean, the list just grows and grows and grows of these fascinating people who are part of this hobby and are also really interesting people. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think I told you about how I was invited onto a Zoom call with a group of people in my home area. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I'll be going there. I'll be going cool. with my brother. And, of course, I, I put out that I'm going to be there. And a couple of guys are hosting us to, for layout tours there. So there's mm. another group of people I didn't even mention. That's a weekly thing. And then the discussion of modeling that goes on in that is really actually pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. And the kind of things that, that people will show what they've done. Certainly. There's nothing formal, right? It's just, yeah. hey, I'm doing this. Oh, and definitely. There was one case where a guy came on and said, I'm having trouble with my reversers. And then uh -oh. there was this, <laughs> there was this uh, 10, 12 person, you know, well, it might be this, it might be that. Yeah. I'm not sure we solved it for him in that particular case, but there's a good chance that you will, actually, given the certainly. kinds of uh, people that are on these things. So yeah. that whole aspect and what comes on in on YouTube and oh, yeah. and uh, the NMRIX and just all those things in terms of learning is a whole other aspect that yeah. um, goes on and on also. So, I, yeah. I, I regularly find myself describing to people who are not model railroaders what this phenomena is in terms of a podcast and model railroading conjunction, the power thereof. Anything going on with your layout? Anything specific you want to cover before we throw to Mike Deverell? Uh, a very... A lot of interesting things that revolve around either control, mm -hmm. the electronic stuff that we've talked Definitely. about in the past, trying to push hard on, on scenery, and yeah. especially, uh, I think we've talked before about the notion, and certainly you have, if not with me, that to the extent that you can do a small finishing layer on the way out, <laughs> paint some foam, yeah. <laughs> add some plaster Definitely. or whatever, yeah. and yeah. Just get rid of the pinks and the mm. plywood and all that sort of stuff. So I'm trying to do that throughout. Working on op 
operating schemes. I've added some uh, more interesting operating schemes for things cool. like a, a coal uh, loadout uh, where the, the operator has to take a couple of trains uh, effectively on the coal branch out mm-hmm. of a main yard and, and do that twice to bring back uh, six cars of coal at a time. And then they go off into the world and we don't have time in a session for them to come back. So oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of very interesting things one can cool. think through on uh, what are all the steps that you need to do in order to do just what I said. It's not Certainly. as simple as it no, sounds. No. And then uh, finally, uh, not so much motivated by Jim Gore, but reflecting on Jim Gore, paper buildings. Mm. I'm doing a bunch of paper buildings to fill up the backdrops, mm. and uh, that's fun. And I certainly remember the discussions with him and the details that can be added. Yeah. I'm not doing it in that level, but I'm taking advantage of the whole thing of mm. uh, you know making some backdrop semi-3D things. Yeah. So uh, th- those are the things that I've mostly been doing. A lot of work on the software for the cool. Protothron. Yep. Oh, yeah. By the time you dig into those kinds of things, there's a Believe lot me. of work. <laughs> Believe me. And think through when somebody has this device and then you bring it to another layout. You know, oh, how do you goodness. thing up and somebody else's Wi-Fi network? And- the thing about it is that I recall the professor and then there have been a bunch of people... Jamie Fenton, maybe? There have been a bunch of people who have called in. There have been various iterations of this over the years, and I think it's just people grabbing hold of it, obviously wanting to have as realistic operations with throttles, and now obviously, you know, open LCB and all this other kind of stuff and just digital control and programming and all this amazing stuff has all kind of come together. So, yeah, thumbs up, John Zemanski. Thank you very much for calling in today. Pleasure chatting as always. Really ironic that you were on the call with Jim Gifford, and uh, yeah, we were talking about his layout when you were last on, and all this kind of stuff. So thank you very much for calling in today. Pleasure as always. Take care. I'd like to welcome on Mike Deverell. Mike, I enjoyed some of your recent... I can't recall if they were YouTube videos or something you've put up recently and just getting a sense of your layout, you know, the, the speed and the detail. And I, I can't recall. Have you been following Mike Slater's build as well? Well, Mike and me talk about every Friday, although this Friday he's at the uh, National. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, we talk about every Friday, so I get to follow uh, him on a regular basis. As yeah. The energy in the in the rebuilding I mean, this is, I don't know how many rebuilds you've done of this layout, but to talk a little bit about what's been going on the past couple of months. Well, you know, we got the house about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, April would have been a year ago. Mm. And I finalized the plans about the end of August last year. Mm. So since then, we have gotten, and I say we, I, I, I do have a crew now, although... Yeah. We only had one working session, but so most of this is done by me. I'm probably mm-hmm. looking to get even faster, mm-hmm. but I've got about 400 feet of track laid, all mm-hmm. the staging yards mm-hmm. done, and they're double-ended staging yards. Mm-hmm. Been learning LCC, which mm-hmm. is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, it seemed complicated when I started, and now it's like, yeah, let me whip one of these things out. Oh, yeah. That out down there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I've got probably, say, three quarters of the bench work done for Ooh, the whole layout. Very so nice. And, and talk a little bit about the wood chop. You've got 
Talk about that in terms of how fast you can build bench work based on the fact that you just open a door and move stuff through. Yeah. So my helix and my laser and all are in the wood shop, which mm-hmm. is literally next door mm-hmm. to the layout room. So I have a table saw and all and, and all the tools necessary. And I can literally build a box, which if you've taken a look at me and fallen, you know, Tom, that I'm building kind of like pillars this mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and then running Elgarters between them. And uh, I built it that way because, A, I'm one person and I can't really clamp three spots and build legs and all that. And I thought, well, this will be easier. It costs maybe a little more, but very sturdy. Mm. And so I'm able to build a box in the in the shop, paint it, and then literally walk it into the next room and start putting L girders and bench work up. Mm. So it has rapidly and kept the mess away from the layout room, mm. which is one of the goals I really wanted to do this time. So mm. really enjoyed that. And then I think uh, Facebook, I posted just re- the sugar mill is back up. Mm-hmm. And that area has been expanded. So on the last layout, when I built it, it was probably three by eight foot. This time it's now about three by 23 feet. Mm. So even though the layout's smaller, going through operations, and that's one of the, I, I can't, tell you tom how excited i am to be here in indiana because Mm. i have been to so many operations i was going to ask you that yeah i mean it is a very involved i got involved with i i did a couple clinics on lasers for the Mm -hmm. for the tri uh region uh convention that we had here just a couple months ago Mm. and uh it was just it's just been fantastic to just see all these different operations Mm. and you know, the conversation you started out earlier this morning, using radios, not using radios mm. and all this type of stuff. I've been in both sets now. Mm-hmm. I've kind of bounced around a little bit. I like, like the last layout I just operated, I'm going to say there were 20 of us mm-hmm. at the layout. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody didn't have a job. And I was, you know, new to the layout. So I mm-hmm. had somebody that was helping me get through the whole thing. And mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have time to really chat with anybody, but we did break and have lunch and did mm. chat a bit and go on. It wasn't too bad because you're focused on your one job. Certainly. And I went to another layout where the dispatcher was in another room and they didn't mm. have communications mm. and things kind of got a little messed up. So mm. I'm kind of... It takes a very particular kind of dispatcher. I mean... I look at, you know, Richard Murphy, Silicon Valley lines. He, I mean, he's learned from a lot of good dispatchers and obviously he's written a lot of the software that he uses to dispatch and visualize and yeah. all this kind of stuff. It takes a very particular person to be as friendly and conversive as Richard Murphy is to get the conversations going. And that is interesting because really Silicon Valley lines is the all headset driven. And all very, like, I, just being there for half a dozen times or so that I got there, it it hurt my head. The whole thing just hurt my head, but (laughs) Richard Murphy was able to do it. So, so what are you taking away from this? It was kind of interesting. John came out to visit Mm -hmm. um, a couple months ago. I had personally said, John, be prepared. We've got a lot of infrastructure to Mm. do on the layout when you get out here. So we got all the, uh, networking all built, all ready to go mm-hmm. and connected to the layout for the first part. Got the LCC all connected. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing we did was my house was built in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it has 
you know, a phone system. And mm-hmm. it, it's a rather involved phone system. But we, mm-hmm. we kind of took a look at it and we were able to take because there's a phone in each and every room. Mm. And so we were able to take wow. and set up the in-house system because I don't have a landline here at the house. So I'm mm. like, well, let's just use the existing system. Mm. And so we did. And so right now my phone system is set up for three of the areas in which you need a phone. And mm. the other three more will go well, that's not true. There's four areas set up because mm-hmm. the dispatcher's office is set up as well. Mm-hmm. Three locations on the layout, and the last two locations are just waiting for us to build them mm-hmm. and then wire them up. So our phone system will be working. It is a 1950-style phone system, mm-hmm. dial and all. So, mm-hmm. And then uh, John played around and decided, uh, we need one for the kitchen so Wendy can bring down snacks when we mm-hmm. call. So, so she, we got a bat phone going upstairs to the kitchen for my wife, and uh, it works pretty well. We can't Mm. complain about it. So interesting, interesting. Well, it sounds like everything's on the up and up. Well, Mike, thank you very much for calling in today. A pleasure catching up. Pleasure chatting as always. Thank you, Tom. I would like to welcome on a gentleman who needs no introduction, Murray Schulz. How are you going? You were in a publication of Note in Australia recently, I seem to recall. Yeah, that's right, Tom. It's um, good to catch up with you. It's been a while. It has. Uh, it has been too long. But yes, so my uh, model railway was the feature layout in June 2022 Australian mm. Model Railway magazine, which was very exciting. I was, wow. um, I was very thrilled um with how it all came out, a friend whose hobby is photographing model railway layouts, mm. he came and photographed it. It was a two-day event. Gosh. And the photos were just fantastic. I was really pleased with how he showcased my modelling. It was very exciting to very cool. have. Yeah. I mean, people outside Australia probably don't understand that there are two big ones and Narragage down under and, you know, the, the magazine... There's still quite a few magazines in the Australian uh, part of the world, and it's interesting, actually. I think Jim Gifford has one of his friends who's, who was part of the uh, the publishing empire of Australian model railroad magazines. I mean, this has yeah. got to be this has got to be big big news, right? Well, yeah, I was pretty excited about it. It's um, you know you've seen through the years. It's a magazine I've read all my hobby life without question. It, and it's, you know, to be on the front cover and mm. have feature layout is, is one of the goals of, not that it's, not that it was a driver, but mm-hmm. it, was a, it was quite exciting to have your work recognised and published and, yeah, got a lot of good comments about it, which was really nice. Mm. The, probably the big news is, since I last spoke to you, is that that layout no longer exists. Yes, I was going to ask about that. I mean, it, it does seem to be, you know, getting into a magazine, particularly Model Railroader in this country, I'm not sure if you've ever heard the stories, but it's like five years after the layout goes, you know, ten years after a person passes, they finally get their article published. Talk a little bit about this phenomena. Yeah, well, for me, it was um, the layout was dead when the magazine was published, but only mm. by about 12 months. Um, okay. It was photographed just before I started pulling it down. 
But yeah, the reason for that is that I've actually moved house. Mm. We've decided to make a move into town, which is a big life change. Definitely. So I'm now currently building a new layout. Wonderful, wonderful. So did you buy the house with the view that it needed to have a space that was right for the layout? That's the question. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, definitely. We were, um, it took us two years to find a house that ticked all the boxes Mm. that we wanted. And so, yes, I have a lovely eight and a half by five metre room. Wow. At the back of the garage. Wow. Serious stuff. Oh, it's smaller than the old layout, though. The old I understand that, but still. Half, by eight and a half metres. Yeah, so. but, you know, you know, dedicated room space is not to be sniffed at. So interesting. I've done it right this time. Very I, good. Um, we've uh, completely lined the room before Wonderful. we started. It's got a reverse cycle air conditioner Terrific. in there. Always important. Floating floor. So Great. it's very comfortable. And, yeah, it's really important to make it as dust-free and comfortable space as possible Wonderful. starting on the layout. Very good. So, for those of us that are, you know, chapping at the bit, what are the specs of the new layout? What era, what scale, what are you modelling? I'm still sticking with O-scale. Mm-hmm. Still Victorian narrow gauge mm. is the primary interest. Interesting. But this time there will be a bigger emphasis on the broad gauge or standard gauge, mm. so 32 mil gauge track. Mm, mixed um, layout, very nice. Yeah, so that's that's created quite a bit of hassle in the design. Without um, question. Yeah, trying to fit that in because O-scale layouts in standard gauge, oy, oy, oy. do they take up some room, especially yeah. if, you like, if you want a continuous run. Or, or um, you like the kind of locomotives that you like as well. Exactly. I have several, <laughs> several locos that one's a... Victorian R class, which is a four six four brass loco, oh, and another goodness. one's a D three, which is a four six zero. Oh my goodness! Um, but yeah, they're quite large, and passenger carriages are also excessively yes. large as well. Yes. So yeah. when you're working on six foot minimum radiuses, yeah, it, um, yeah, and a set of points is like eighteen inches long. Interesting. It's, <laughs> it's um, can be a bit challenging to make it all work, and still. You know, I have, I've had a bit of setbacks with getting this layout going. It's mm. actually I'm now on my third iteration. Interesting. Um, the first one I tried. One of my problems was I was trying to stuff too much into the room. I was going know, to okay. ask you about that. That was my next question, but I'm going, I was going to frame it differently. Prototype, freelance, proto lance, proto lance. So it won't be an um, actual location, but mm-hmm. again. As in the old layout, very much based on um, the prototype. Oh, my goodness. All prototype practice. Mm. But one of my problems was going from a big room to a smaller room, you sort of go, well, what can I cut out that I don't want? Yeah, it's the wrong kind of thinking in some regards. It is exactly the wrong sort of thinking. And I tried, I started with a double deck layout. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. No helix, I'm saying. No helix, hopefully. No helix, definitely no helix. Very good. Um, But unfortunately, in January early this year, we had 100 millimetres or four inches of rain in 24 hours, Mm. which meant we had some flash flooding. Oh, my goodness. We had, I ended up having two to three inches of water go through the floor of the room. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. So the only way to fix it properly was because the garage was built too close to the ground and no. we had had water 
was to raise the floor, which yeah. meant poise the whole layout out again. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, it's actually been a blessing in disguise. Certainly, believe me. Sort of meant I sort of stepped back and had a bit of a think about what I really, what are my goals for the layout? Certainly. You know, what am I trying to achieve? After a lot of deliberation, it really came back to the two things I really enjoyed from my old layout were um, that sense of space and emptiness, which, mm-hmm. you know, narrow gauge railways don't run, traditionally don't run mm. through really heavily settled areas. Certainly. They tend to be sparse areas. That, yeah. And so trying to get that sort of feel, which I, I achieved quite well with my old layout, mm. It's going to be a bit more difficult with this one, with mm-hmm. less space, of course. Mm-hmm. But And the other is that basically it's going to be a um, massive diorama. I love mm. doing detail. I was going to ask you about that, but I was going to ask specifically with regards to the trees, because this is where O-scale Australian proto-lance, even prototypes... Like, are you going the Dan Pickard route? I say Dan Pickard, I know the gentleman past two was the inspiration to Dan Pickard with regards to making these huge trees. Big trees? Oh, yeah. I've um, Dan and I both have worked and bounced a lot of different ideas off Very each good. other about making trees. And yep. I tend to use the Das Clay and the wire method oh, yeah. on making the great big river gum style trees. And oh, so yeah. Forth. Like I've oh, got yeah. trees I'm, that I've brought from the old layout to the new layout that have probably 15 inches across mm. and same height, you know, massive big gum mm. trees that take um, 30 to 40 sedum heads for a single tree. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I haven't made trees in the style of Dan's, but I will <laughs> be going to because I, I'm planning to have a gorge on this layout. Oh, my will goodness. Be crowded with lots of trees and so forth. So, oh. but. Yeah, we, we're, I'm getting there, but so yeah. So then my next attempt was I thought I'd try a mushroom, and uh, can I just say how difficult it is to think in three dimensions when you're planning? It all worked on paper, but yeah. you're not it's like it's like every possible mistake you've made up front, which is probably a good thing to do. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I I started on it, and it took me about a week to work out that this yeah. just was not going to work. So mm. now it's a very simple one deck layout. It does have go to your strengths, stand- Murray. Go to your strengths. Yeah, this is exactly, exactly what you should be doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, standard gauge is going to be staging will be under the narrow gauge layout, Wonderful. and it'll have a continuous run loop. Which, if all goes well, I'll have that laid today. Wonderful. And then I can start on the narrow gauge. But one of the other lessons I've learnt from my old layout was. I was, um, cause scenery and structures and that, mm. as you know, are my favorite parts of the mm. hobby. And mm. I rushed too early into scenery Uh-oh. and concentrated enough on running qualities of the layout. So, well, yes. <laughs> continuous run seems to, I mean, I think that's the way, that's the where the layout keeps living, right? That's the whole thing. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So, but it's been quite quick because with the new layout, I've I sort of made each of the towns into, uh, wooden modules, Ooh, wooden frame modules. Very nice. Which meant that when it, I um, pulled the whole layout version one of like mm-hmm. the new layout version one down in forty eight hours. Wow! It's been able to be able to bring the towns back in, and mm. you've got the towns already ready to go. Which takes there's a lot of work in the mm. lay points and getting point oh, motors yeah. and all that sort of 
the stuff done. So yeah. to be able to put them straight back on the layout and just connect the track at each end has been a big help. Very good. Very good. Well, Murray, not inspired by you, but I'm cooking lamb chops for dinner. Um, not inspired by you, I want to say. Australian lamb, definitely, definitely, definitely. So I have to cut this short a little bit short. I'm also suffering a bit of a cold, which hopefully didn't come through. But thank you very much for calling in today. Thank you for uh, for providing an update. A pleasure catching up with you as always. If you see Dan Pickard, tell him not to be a stranger. I'd like to talk to him in the foreseeable future as well. So thank you very much for calling in today. No worries, Tom. He's probably suffering from the same issue that I've had of just haven't been able to get our calendars to align. Oh man. Well look, I'm trying to I'm trying to work that out myself currently, but Murray, a pleasure as always. Really looking forward like I mean, I'm clearly you're you're in the throes of getting this layout down, so I know you're a, a stickler on getting good photos and these kind of things. I won't ask for any photos just now, but when you're ready, Model yes. Royal Radio Facebook page. Thank you very much for calling in today. Take care. You too, Tom. Thanks. I'd like to welcome on a gentleman who really needs no introduction and soon, I believe, will be my neighbour, or at least within a vicinity. Clark Kooning, how are you? Have you... what? When do you initiate this move? Are you doing it in the winter? I seem to recall. What, what, what's the plan? Well, it's not really a it's not really a move. I'm just going to be a snowbird, which means mm. I'll be there for a few months mm. uh, during the winter. So, um, okay. it's a beautiful downtown Arizona, very good Mesa, Arizona, and uh, my good friend and uh, modeling instructor with Modeling with the Masters, Pete Youngblood. He moved there last April, so Gosh. we're about we're about eight miles apart. Good, good. That's a nice and, distance. Uh, and as an exclusive to uh, Mr. Barbelay and our listeners, there may be a weekend modeling with the Masters in Arizona mm. at the end of March of next year. We're wow. just looking at putting it together. We used to do, that's how we actually started. We had modeling with the Masters weekends before we went to conventions. Mm. We're uh, thinking of bringing that back cool. for next March. We're just kind of in the planning stage to see how how we can do it financially. We know, uh, you know, as as everybody else has tightened their belt a little bit, that you got to watch the the dollars. So oh, we're looking forward, and hopefully, we can uh, do something in uh, next March in Arizona. That sounds very cool. Sounds very interesting. Um, I if if you could also break on Model Rail Radio, what the specific. I mean, I'm assuming there are sessions, right, on specific topics. Well, yeah, it's the same. It's sort of the same idea. We do. We start Thursday night with kind of an introduction to two clinics, and then mm-hmm. uh, for sorry, Friday morning we start at eight a.m. Mm-hmm. and we'll do a hands-on session in the morning, and then it's a different hands-on session in the afternoon, and then in the evening we kind of do an instructor's session where we do instructor clinic, sort of like real quick tips and stuff. And then, you know, kind of a relaxing evening with the with all of the crew who are there. And then uh, Saturday morning, basically, we start at 8 a.m. and go till noon again with another clinic. And then uh, we'll break and then have lunch. And then we go in the afternoon. And then again in the evening, we'll do a kind of a session. Um, we've got a bunch of ideas that we're uh, toying with, such Terrific. as maybe going, going to visit some layouts and Ooh. so forth. So it could be a, it could be a real fun uh, weekend, and then Sunday mm-hmm. you would go home. So 
we're just in the planning stages. We're trying to we're trying to get some idea of how many people might mm. be interested. There's no financial. It's just hey, I you know if you guys can pull it together, uh, I might be interested in coming. So if you do have some interest, if you're listening, uh, you can always email me at ccooning at msn dot com. So another and... thing, another thing that happened, Clark Cooning related, which I guess. When I heard about this, I thought, in terms of a lot, I mean, you you love various companies in the model railroading hobby. Your love runs deep. I've seen you acquire certain pieces of uh, rolling stock in N scale, for example. And quite frankly, if you ever wanted to see a adult male explanation of the model railroading hobby as the excitement of collecting, Clark Cooning is definitely the man. But through the week, Bar Mills. A company that you have, I think, pretty well from the start of Model Rail Radio when you first called in, talked about in a very positive light. Bar Mills has rewarded you with your own Bar Mills structure kit. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, that's very kind of you to, to note that. Um, yeah, I, I've known Art uh, Fahey who mm. owns uh, Bar Mills for a long time, and I know a lot of his staff. Uh, one time he was a little short um, uh, on staff, and they mm. were... Uh, in Springfield, and he asked me if I would help out in his booth and cool. do some clinics and mm-hmm. so forth. So I did. How many years really... ago was that? Because I oh, recall, man. I mean, you've been at the Bar Mills booth on and off through the entire time that I've known you. So that must have been like, I don't know, w- w- when did we first meet in Vegas? It was more than 10 years ago. Yeah, I would say maybe ooh, 11 or 12 years. Okay. But I've known Art for, for a long time, mm. and and a lot of the fellows that work for him or are associated with Bar Mills. So I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with those guys and mm. meeting some fantastic modelers. Uh, mm. Jack Ellis, who does a lot of the buildings, uh, sort of the design work in some of the yeah. buildings for, for Art, uh, is absolutely a fantastic modeler and just a terrific person. Mm-hmm. And he shares so much in his clinics that he does. Um, uh, I know a lot of people just line up for them in Springfield, mm-hmm. and uh, they're 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 just super clinics. So, yeah, I've been doing uh, working with the Bar Mills guys for quite a while. And Art says to me, "Hey, I got a little surprise for you," and <laughs> he showed me the first one, and I thought, "Oh, that was so cool!" And I appreciated it. They uh, came out with the N scale one first, and then they did the HO one, and now they just launched the O scale quartz for woodworking. That's very cool. So I'm really thrilled with that. And I was talking with Tim Warris uh, just the other day about fast tracks, and we were reminiscing about some of the stuff that we've done. Uh, oh my together. goodness! Yeah, talk so, about more. Than, how, many, how many years would would it be with fast tracks again? Similarly, the past ten years I've known you. You've always had an affiliation with Fast Tracks, building track in their booths and things like that? Yeah, since 2001, I guess I've known, maybe even 2000. So it's been quite a few years that uh, I've been associated with Fast Tracks and Mm. super enjoy it. And, you know, what's coming up is uh, kind of exciting. I've been um, sort of getting kits together and making sure that uh, people have all their tool lists and that because we have modeling with the Masters in St. Louis coming Mm. up uh, uh, well, starting a week Monday. Gosh, gosh. I'm uh, flying out to St. Louis uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday, and uh, the rest of the gang, uh, Jim Gore, who is now the manager. Oh, my Marlon goodness. And Peter Youngblood and myself uh-huh. uh, will be conducting the uh, the clinics, and we've, it looks like we've got another good good group of people taking a lot of the clinics. So 
Uh, we work some are familiar names, some are mm-hmm. maybe new names that uh, we'll get to know. So we're looking forward to that and uh, pretty excited, of course. You know, it's been a long haul to be in person with anybody. Certainly. So hopefully uh, my uh, bags will get to St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Toronto right now is considered the worst airport in the world for wow. bags and that. So I'm Beating London driving. Heathrow. Is this, is, this, is this correct? This is actually beating London Heathrow currently. Yes, it is. Um, Air Canada seems to be one of the worst uh, offenders. Hey. Of course, they're the biggest airline out of Toronto. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to f- drive over to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, to this little <laughs> regional regional airport. Oh, yeah. Fly Delta has uh, like three flights in a day, I think, to this Uh-oh. little airport. So we're going to fly from uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, down to Detroit, and then to St. Louis, and then coming home, it's Minneapolis to uh, the Chippewa. Wow. <laughs> I've come into Minneapolis one time on an international flight. Again, a Delta flight, funnily enough. Yeah, it was a cigar. Not a cigar. Like, it was a really long, thin plane, which I guess is some kind of plane in any case. Yeah, no, it was, that's a very interesting airport to run through to try and make a connection to another Delta flight. I've done it myself, so. Yeah, so anyway, we'll see. Uh, hopefully the luggage will all get there, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, of course, to see Moto Railroad um, sort of slash family, uh, mm-hmm. people who I've known for a Definitely. lot of years. Look, Jim Gore, give that man a handshake from me. Tell him he's long overdue calling into Model Rail Radio. I miss chatting with Jim Gore. Well, maybe uh, maybe I should uh, take my recorder and I'll do a little uh, on-the-clinic reporting uh, and then I can forward it. Another thing I want to say, St. Louis, Missouri, model railroading mecca, what layouts are you hoping to see there? Are you going to get to any layouts or are you strictly strictly about the clinic? As you know, the with the clinic schedule, we're kind of locked Oy. in room for four days straight from eight o'clock in the morning till sometimes 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I do hope to get over to, uh, Pete Smith's, uh, mm-hmm. who, uh, has just got a outstanding, uh, SN3 layout. Mm. Uh, there's a couple other guys that I'd like to, uh, see wow. that I, that I haven't seen their layout for a while. Um, that used to be your scale, right? SN3 for some period yeah. of time. Yeah, I still have uh, quite a bit of equipment. Uh, matter of fact, I keep thinking maybe in Arizona I might uh, go. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it but, here first. Well, Clark, um, gosh, seeing Jim Gore after all this time, this is like a Jim Gore is on my list of people who I have to see in the foreseeable future. So please shake his hand. Please, if you have a recorder, get some audio. Thank you very much for calling in today, Clark. And when, you know, when the move is is ready, when when you're likely to go, uh, hopefully there'll be some raw fish restaurants somewhere along the way and we'll be able to we'll be able to meet somewhere, have a meal, safe travels, enjoy modeling with the masters. Pleasure catching up as always. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon. Take care. So thanks to everyone for calling in today. Thanks to everyone for listening as well.